Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more? With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What is up, my people? Three and out podcast. That'd be this show. I'm John Middlecoff. And uh, we're going to talk a little football. It's halftime of the Monday night game. Have some thoughts on Famous Jameis. And Urban, I look miserable, Meyer. Uh, then a lot of other stuff. What what to make of the preseason? Some thoughts on Mahomes and Kyler. Watch that game on Friday night. Uh, Justin Fields feels like he's coming. Uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz somehow was going to be out like three months. He came back two weeks later. I, I don't know. Medical miracle? How, how do you pull that off? But somehow he's back. Jamar Chase, yet to catch a ball. I mean, every, everything they throw at him hits the ground. And he's not really that open. So Cincinnati might have a little problem on their hands. They got to get figured out here uh, before the season starts. Of course, Middlecoff Mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Get your question read here on the show. Uh, if you listen on Collins' feed, you can subscribe separately to my feed. Would appreciate that. Leave a review. You're awesome if you've already left one. If you haven't, please do it. Uh, it, it helps with everything we're doing up here in the uh, in the podcast streets. If you've listened to my advice, ADA Cordano, little cryptocurrency, you know, I, I dabble in the crypto. That thing's ripping. No big deal. Shooting to the moon. It's, I think it's about $3 right now. You know, it's just, it's just probably up about 250% in about a week. Uh, also, a lot of people hit me up about the over-under win totals. They, all you guys are in agreement. Terrible bet. Fun bet. 
A lot of people say they bet on their own team just for the fun of it. I, I can get that. But time value money, you know, it, it doesn't add up. But we'll talk some gambling on Friday's podcast. Maybe I'll pick some of my favorite over-unders. Definitely before we get to the season, some some uh, divisional bets, Super Bowl odds. A uh, lot, lot, lot of good bets to be made. A lot of good bets. But let's start with the Monday Night Football game. I think, you know, what the Saints have accomplished since Drew Brees and Sean Payton got there is remarkable. They took a franchise that was irrelevant and broke and made them legitimate. And Drew Brees is headed right to the Hall of Fame. Sean Payton, depending on how much longer he coaches, who knows, he might have a pretty good resume. They were a dynamic duo. But these last couple years, let's face it, Drew's a fantastic human being and an elite player. But he wasn't the same the last couple years. A little Rivers-ish. Like, he just could not throw the ball down the field. It was not an option. Well, the rules right now in the sport of football are conducive to throwing the ball down the field. The safeties can't hit you, and the corners can't mug you. It is a huge advantage to take advantage of defenses. They have no recourse. They're screwed. I I, I feel bad for defensive coaches. But when Drew Brees can only throw wheel routes and quick outs, it was very, very difficult for them to not, like, scoring drives took a while, unless Kamara broke a huge run. So having Jameis, who, let's face it, flawed dude, had some major question marks in his life on and off the field. Like, if you get in trouble for doing something to an Uber driver, I red flag you. He screamed once upon a time in the quad at Florida State, something I won't repeat, and we are a rated R podcast. So I, Jameis, his decision-making has been questionable. Sean Payton didn't have to deal with any of that. He already went through the worst. He got Jameis Winston as like a reclamation human being, as a guy that just wanted to change his life, change his career. So last year, he got to follow around Drew Brees like a puppy dog, soak it all in, learn the offense, and clearly he's the more talented player than Taysom Hill. I saw, I think Greasy mentioned it, that Hill lost 10 pounds because he wanted to be a little slimmer if he's going to play quarterback. Here's what Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis should do tomorrow. Listen, Taysom, you look fantastic. Your body fat's about 3%. Let's let's pack, you know, let's eat some uh, eat some potatoes, power a couple of protein bars, and some protein drinks. We might move you a little back around on the offensive side of the ball, playing tight end slash fullback, whatever the hell your position is. But we're going to go with Jameis. Jameis is going to be their starting quarterback. And there have been a long list of guys like Jameis who went to a place And when you get drafted really high, like Jameis was a legitimate number one overall pick. Was a blue chip guy from a program that he won a national championship. He has a big arm. He's a big guy. It's I mean, he has got big size. He's got a big arm. Now he's got question make when it comes to decision making. He can be reckless just in life, let alone on the field. But the guy that I think Sean Payton has might be a different dude. Because you just age, you mature. You realize, I mean, the team basically cuts you in Tampa Bay, so your career kind of flashes in front of you a little bit. You have to take, like, $1 million from the Saints to be the backup. Like, you just a little bit of humble pie can be healthy for all of us, let alone, a, you know, a failed top pick. And now Sean Payton gets a guy that he's seen in his division, that he's coached up against, and I think, he, I think there's a chance that he turns Jameis into a pretty solid quarterback. Because he has some easy in that offense, the the stuff to the running backs in the in the short game, that they'll they'll do that all day long. 
Sean Payton can get you five-yard completions with his eyes closed. What he hasn't been able to do is call go routes and post routes and push the ball down the field. That's really what Jameis wants to do really, you know, most of the time. It's his skill set, push the ball down the field. So if he can coach him up to play less recklessly and take care of the football, they might have something. We've seen a lot less talented players than Jameis Winston resurrect their career with the top coach. And then across the field. I don't know how you looked at Urban Meyer and didn't see a miserable individual. You could feel it on his face. Some people wear their emotions on their body and on their face. Sometimes I know I do. And some people don't, right? Some people can be stewing and they can smile. Urban Meyer is clearly not one of those guys. And my issue with Urban Meyer always at Ohio State and definitely at Florida was like, you know, he talked about life lessons and morality and he had dudes like selling cocaine and killing people. It's like, Urban, you're just, you're trying to win, which you should be, but let's not act like you're this messiah as a human being. You come to the NFL, you don't have to be a messiah anymore. It's all about winning. Here's the problem. At Ohio State and at Florida, all you do is win. In the NFL, when you come to a team like the Jags, check their history, you lose a lot. And listen, Urban Meyer is an elite college football coach. He's never coached a day in the pros. Not, this is, I mean, these six months, his first time ever in the job running a pro team. That is a dramatic change. But the biggest difference to me is a down year at Ohio State or Florida, he was still going like 10-2. and two. The, You just watch the Jacksonville Jags. Their defense is going to be bad. He's also, he's not a scheme guy. He's not the offensive coordinator. He's not the defensive coordinator. He's a culture guy. So, okay, John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin are culture guys that have had a lot of success. Well, when John Harbaugh got hired for the Ravens, they had culture guys on the team. Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, ever heard of him? Terrell Suggs, who last time I was in Scottsdale, I swam by him in a lazy river. He still looked like he could play. Haloti Nada, they had a good group of core guys. When Mike Tomlin got the Pittsburgh Steeler job, Google that roster. Pretty good high-level guys. That is not the case here. His best player, at least his most talented player, is a rookie quarterback who's also never lost. It is going to be an experience of losing for these individuals. Now, players, you just battle through it and keep playing. A coach, the last time shit got really hard for him in Florida, he quit. And he left the building basically on fire. It was a disaster. Like, you don't need to be some you know, psychologist to just look at his face and go, God, guy doesn't look right. Like, Urban, this is not middle of November. This is August. The games don't count. Peter King wrote about it today in his in his morning quarterback. It's called like Football Morning in America or whatever. And he wrote that the starting center for the Jags walked by Urban in the hallway like the day after the first preseason game. It might have been the second preseason game. And Urban looked miserable. And he grabbed him and he smiled and he kind of shook him like, it's okay, coach. It's the preseason. And Urban gave some quotes to Peter like, I'm not used to losing. Well, get used to it, bro, because you're going to lose. Even if you do resurrect this team, like I've listened to Jimmy Johnson talk. Those first couple years were not easy. And when you have the capability, like, is he really tied to the Jags? Honestly, this is maybe why he took the Jags job. Because if he took the Cowboys job or you took a USC job, or you took Texas, you know, there'd be a little more scrutiny if you just bounced after year one. Let's face it. If Urban 
after year one is like, this sucks, I'm out. Is anyone really going to care? No one gives a shit about the Jacksonville Jaguars. No one cares. Not a soul. So, honestly, it almost, like, I had the thought today, maybe he took the job knowing his parachute is always, well, they're the Jags. You even blame them. Because you couldn't do that to the Cowboys. Couldn't do that to the Giants. You get destroyed. You, you, we would never be able to look at you the same. But the Jags would be like, ah, whatever. Who even blames them? <laughs> like, if I had to put $1,000, does Urban coach this team for over under two, two years? So does he make it to year three? I would probably take the under. Just look at the guy. I mean, he, he looks like he's ready to jump. It's like, this sucks. The season has not even started yet. Good luck, buddy. Hope that uh, at least the the direct deposits are big. Okay, I sat down on Friday night, uh, maybe with a beverage in hand and, you know, an edible in my stomach, and I was going to just relax and watch Monday Night Football. But it was Friday, but it was the Monday Night Football crew, and it was Chiefs Cardinals. And I watched, like, the first quarter, and and I just had a bunch of notes. I'm like, there's some pretty interesting things that I just saw. First and foremost, Patrick Mahomes is the modern-day Brett Favre. And when I say that, I don't mean... I'm not talking physical talents, though they have some similar physical talents. I'm talking about when I was a kid, and I grew up in the Aikman-Favre young era, right? Born in the mid-'80s, grew up in the '90s. Fox NFL football, John Madden calling Cowboys, Packers, and the 49ers. And if you've ever done any research, or there have been articles written, those three franchises really helped change... Uh, the way the NFL was put on television because of the power of Fox, and they've obviously never looked back. I hated Brett Favre. Not because I didn't like the player, but because, you know, I was a Niner guy growing up, wanted them to beat the Packers, and they kind of all became rivals. But he was box office. He was by far, he was a hero-like figure. Everyone, every kid in America admired the guy. Every parent enjoyed watching him with their kids. He was fun. There's an element that that now with Steph Curry. It is hard to not watch Steph Curry, even if you don't like basketball that much, and not be entertained. At the end of the day, sometimes we lose sight of this. The reason this exists now on television is because a lot of people are willing to watch it on TV from their couch. That's where all the money comes from, the fans. It's an entertainment product. And Favre is an all-time entertainer. And Patrick Mahomes, from an entertainment standpoint is the most fun player in the league. I don't even think there's a close second. And there are some very, very fun players in the league. He is box office. But one thing stood out to me in the game, and they were kind of doing this deep dive on the Arizona Cardinals. Don't Like Kyler Murray told the broadcasters, he doesn't like the preseason. And Brian Greasy kind of laughed. Obviously, Brian Greasy, his dad, Bob Greasy, played in the, I mean, they're football guys. Said we, we talked to Patrick Mahomes, and he's like, why wouldn't I play? It's just what we do. And I'll never forget when I had a radio show in the Bay Area. We talked a lot of baseball. Baseball's really big in the Bay Area. The Giants are a massive franchise just in America, but around here, they are a cash cow. And also, the Oakland A's, with Billy Bean, make the playoffs all the time. Just We have a very, very big base of people that consume baseball. So when I was on the radio show, a large part of the show, we talked basically baseball and football. And we would have baseball-centric shows where you'd bring in guests in the studio and just do like an hour of baseball talk. 
And Kevin Euclid came in. He's actually married to Tom Brady's sister with Eric Burns, who played for the A's and then the Diamondbacks. And we did like a baseball hour. And it was really, really cool. And I, as someone who I, I rooted for those Red Sox teams in the early 2000s. I love Big Poppy. I love Manny Ramirez. Euclid, I thought it was really cool. And Euclid said something that I'll never forget. He's like, do you know what really separated our great Red Sox teams? He said, we had a bunch of yes men. And I think sometimes you hear the word yes men, you think people that just say yes to like people they're working for, right? No one ever wants to be like uh, ruffle feathers. That's not what he meant. He said, when you ask anybody on that team to do anything, hey, we need you to play in right field today instead of left. First answer was always yes. Hey, instead of batting second today, you're going to bat eighth. Yes. Hey, instead of playing today, you're going to be on the bench. We might use you to pitch hit. No problem. Yes. That was the attitude, he said, of the whole organization. The first response was yes. And he said in his experience playing in the big leagues, the teams that leaned, their first always answer was yes, not no. Hey, we need you to do this. Hey, you have to do this. Hey, can you do this? And your first answer isn't always no. You can have a healthy and successful operation. And you see the Cardinals, who have never won anything with this group, right? Cliff Kingsbury is a lifetime loser as a football coach, not as a guy, good guy, like the guy, question his football coaching ability. And then Kyler Murray, who is a very, very talented player. Physical attributes, elite, right? Beside his size. And he's small. But his speed, top notch. His arm strength, unbelievable. But I'm watching him, and it's a preseason game. Now, granted, the Chiefs are playing a lot of starters, and he's skipping balls, he's overthrowing guys, and I start thinking to myself, this guy is telling everyone he shouldn't play in any preseason games. Mahomes has a huge smile on his face. Him and Andy are having the time of their life. Multiple drives trying to score touchdowns, getting ready, I don't know. He's accomplished everything humanly possible in football, right? He's an MVP, he's a Super Bowl champ, and he got the biggest contract in the history of the sport, $450 million. There is literally nothing left for him to accomplish except doing more of it, right? To continue to win. His attitude is like, "Let's. this is what we do. <laughs> what, what time's kickoff? I'm ready. Kyler, meanwhile, is like, no, nah, you know, I don't want to do that. So he's out there because he's kind of being forced. He doesn't necessarily want to do it. And then I'm watching him play and going, as someone who admires his physical attributes, I start thinking to myself, is he a good quarterback? He's a big-time talent. He's an extremely gifted player. But is he a really good quarterback? And through two years, you would say it's up for debate. It really is. And I was texting with a couple people. Here's what I know. If Kyler Murray does not improve, if he stays status quo or even comes back to earth anymore, Cardinals are done. Isaiah Simmons still hasn't made a play. Uh, J.J. Watt, it makes sense. On the pregame show, Steve Young said he talked to a veteran player that Kyler needs to mature a little bit on and off the field. Steve Young just didn't throw that out there. And I think it gets back to Patrick Mahomes set the tone for the entire organization for years now. And Kyler Murray, who was drafted number one, who everyone, me included, was like, oh, this guy went ninth in the baseball draft, now he's the number one quarterback, get rid of Josh Rosen, still has yet to accomplish anything. Besides being a starting quarterback, like that's, that's an accomplishment. But the point of this is to win. And they don't do a lot of winning in Arizona beside when Bruce Arians was there. I despise their, their offensive scheme. There's a softness to their franchise. And I just kind of had the takeaway is like, yeah, I'm kind of out on, uh, on Kyler Murray. Not that I was ever truly in because I, I'm always uncomfortable uh, with super small quarterbacks. 
Like, Russell Wilson is such an outlier. To just think there are going to be a ton of guys 5'9 just dominating the league, I, I, I'm going to push back on that. Look at the guys that have come in and had success. Like, Lamar is not small. Josh Allen is massive. So, these Trey Lance is huge, right? I mean, Justin Fields is a big athlete. Trevor Lawrence. Like, this is a big boy league. Now, Kyler, because of his athleticism, is so elite, he can hang. Michael Vick, who was a bigger version of Kyler, same thing. You can get away with it. But eventually, you got to make plays in big games when it really matters. And they kind of carry themselves like they've accomplished a lot more than they have. Just that attitude within the franchise. And then they're showing J.J. Watt talking on the sideline. like They had to pay overpay J.J. Watt because they needed his leadership. Because that's not what Kyler provides. <laughs> the problem, though, is J.J. Watt might be hurt by the wild card game in baseball. And when you're on the sideline and you have no equity of the franchise, you can't be a leader. So it all gets back to it falls on Kyler. And he's going to have to do it. And I'm just... I'm hesitant to see it happening. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. You'll know when you get it. It'll say eBay, authenticity, guarantee. You'll feel it because when it comes to your feet, eBay has your back. Maybe it's a head-turning pair of poor hooping or a hot new collab. Whatever you're after, when you cop on eBay, you can trust that your kicks will be checked by experts, not just any expert, sneaker experts who live and breathe the culture. Real people with real hands-on authentication experience. That's when Blue Checkmark represents on our listing. eBay Authenticity Guarantee, meaning every inch, stitch, sole, logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. So when you finally step into those grill kicks, you'll realize the feeling is unlike any other. And with eBay Authenticity Guarantee, the feeling of real is always within reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. 
Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, <laughs> hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, let's talk about the preseason. Because I, I, I've been trying to wrap my head around, just when I watch a preseason game, what do I make of it? For multiple years, when I first got to the league, I made my living off evaluating players in preseason games during the preseason and then all season long evaluating everyone on the practice squad. And all you have to go out off of is a preseason game. And honestly, it has some parallels to college football. Not all games in college football are equal. And you have to put, and I learned this from Lewis Riddick was big on this, and I still carry it with me in life now, is you got to put everything into context. Like when you see some famous person that has to pay their ex-wife hundred grand a month, to me or you or most 99% of Americans, when they see that, your jaw drops, your weight. Because to maintain their lifestyle, it's why when uh, recently there was a dude, not Carrie Underwood, but Kelly Clarkson, and her husband was going to get like 80 grand a month, I, I took joy. Because you, you always see it one-sided. You never see the guy get a big payments. I did see, though, they went back to court and they're fighting over it. But you just see what these famous people, these just outrageous amounts of money per month to just maintain their lifestyle when they get divorced. But it's all relative. If you make $5 million a month paying someone hundred grand in alimony, isn't that nuts? Right? But if you make hundred grand a year, you know, paying ten grand a month would be outrageous. So you gotta everything is relative. You gotta put everything into context. And when you see a guy in college football, a wide receiver go for three touchdowns in a game, it it it's impressive. Like it it's an athletic feat that the overwhelming majority of human beings could not do. But relative to the pros, you go, well, who was he doing it against? Who was the competition? Who was the corner? Who was the defensive coordinator? If you go for three touchdowns against the number one collegiate defense and it's Ohio State or Alabama or Georgia or whatever, that's impressive. If you're a defensive coordinator and you go up against Oklahoma and Ohio State in back-to-back weeks and you shut them out, you go, that guy can coach. But if you go up against Vanderbilt and, you know, freaking Mississippi State and light them up, you don't get as much credit. It's no different as in the preseason. I was at Victor Cruz's first preseason game. Remember, he scored three touchdowns. Undrafted free agent from UMass. Never heard of the guy. I had never heard of him. Most humans had never heard of the guy. First preseason game, Jets-Giants. I think that's always the first preseason. He had three touchdowns. So immediately, he goes on the radar. And two of them were pretty cool. Now, he ended up having a really good career. But right away, he was on the map. But that one game didn't define him. He was going to eventually have to do it, I don't know, against better competition. So now, more than ever in these preseason games, 
a decade ago, joint practices didn't exist. Well, if if all week long I've been going up a team against a team in practice, I get confidence going up against that team. I know the one corner. I know what he doesn't like. I know what he likes. It's why in training camp, after a couple weeks, all the players, when you see, oh, this guy's getting smoked or this guy's getting beat, well, yeah, his opponent, a.k.a. his teammate, knows his strengths and weaknesses. It's why when you do an advanced scouting report you know, or a game plan, you isolate players and schemes and you find what they do well and what they do poorly. What they do well, you try to avoid, and what they do poorly, you try to exploit. Just basic rules of life, right? It's the easiest way. It's like the art of war. (laughs) Find the strengths, avoid those, find the weaknesses, go all in on those. And as an opponent, when I get to practice up against you multiple weeks, or excuse me, multiple days, I'm going to feel a lot more confident when I go up against you in the games. But then when some of these guys, you know, go up against the teams in the games, most of these teams now aren't playing a soul. So I am playing backups. And then if you're a good backup, I'm not going to leave you in the game that much. By you get to the second quarter, you third string guys. Now, some of those guys are going to be on practice squads, but they're not going to be playing on Sundays. So it's very, very difficult when you see, you know, Tua played really well this weekend. Zach Wilson played really well. The way I look at it, I don't view production. I view them like a college prospect. Will those athletic attributes translate? Zach Wilson, he's an athletic guy. He's got a good arm. He has physical attributes that can translate. Now, can he read when they, you know, blitz six, when they bring a corner cat, when they throw different coverages? I don't know. We, you won't know that till the season starts. What's going to happen like Kintua when not everyone's wide open? Can he zip the ball in? I don't think his arm's strong enough. I watch him and think he has kind of a pea shooter arm. And if you're a Dolphins fan, you'll be like, middle cop, you're just a hater. Yeah, we'll see. Like he's putting up these good numbers. They practice all week against their opponent. And I, it doesn't mean that much to me because I'm just viewing them strictly as like a draft prospect in the preseason. Because I, I don't know how you evaluate like they're just running basic plays, <laughs> and they've already like gone up against this team now those for a couple days, like the Niners uh, in the Charger game. Well, every day in practice, Derwin James and Bosa are in practice, right? Kittle's going up against Derwin James. McGlinchey is going up against Bosa. And then the game starts, and Bosa and Derwin James are in street close. So if you make a throw and a guy wide open, well, fucking Derwin James isn't even in the game. I'm not trying to, like, you know, poo-poo any accomplishment by any guy in a preseason game, but we have more and more evidence. Preseason historically has never mattered that much. I'd argue it has never mattered less in terms of evaluating whether a guy is going to be good or bad. You can see some t- physical talent but you don't know how it's going to translate to the actual game. Now, if you're doing well, that to me is just the price of admission. If you're struggling, that makes me a little nervous. Like I watch Andy Dalton, I go, I don't see it. I watch Kyler Murray and I go, God, it's a little off, right? I'm not expecting, you know, two drives, 14 points, but you should pass the eye test. And that that to me, it can only be negative. It's hard for me to think like, oh, that's, he's, he's, uh, he's figured it out. It's going to be all smooth sailing now for so-and-so. You know, unless you have a long resume of doing that, I I, I don't look at the preseason that way. Well, let's talk about what's going on right now in the city of Chicago. There is a movement, and it is strong, and it's only gaining momentum, and that's with the fans. 
And sometimes, like, we've seen movements. You see a lot in politics, right? You saw it once upon a time, actually started in Chicago with Obama. You saw it four years ago or five years ago now with Donald. Like, it happens a lot in politics. Now, and ultimately, like, we have something going on right now in California. The governor's getting recalled. Like, there is a movement to boot his ass out and get a new governor in. And you can control it a lot. I, I guess in theory, right? You vote, like, you have power. As a fan of a team, you don't get a vote. Like, they don't throw out a ballot to every registered Bears fan and be like, who do you think we should start at quarterback? Andy Dalton or Justin Fields? Because if they did that, like if however many Bears fans there are, millions, let's just pick an even number, five million Bears fans in America. That, that might be way off. Could be way more. I don't know. I have to think about that. There are probably a lot. It's a major city, big franchise, historic franchise. They got a lot of fans. If we did a poll who they should vote for to be the starting quarterback, what do you think it would be, Fields to, to Andy Dalton? 99 to 1? Percent, you know, I mean, it would be, it wouldn't even be close. And it's hard once fans get in their mind what's right or wrong, even if it's not right or wrong. Now, I stand with the fans on this one. I would start Justin Fields. But the momentum anti-Andy Dalton is only going to grow. He's got a couple things working against him. His offensive line is not very good. And he used to be a pretty good athlete. At this point in time, he's not a great athlete. He cannot move around. And then he doesn't have a great arm, so if he does have to move, he can't make very good, like, he's not going to make great throws on the run. And a big part of this offense, he's going to have to ad-lib because the blocking is not going to be there. So there is not a soul on their couch that's going to watch the Bears play week one and going to be cool with Andy Dalton. And I watched his press conference last week, and he's like, you know, I hope I can turn them around. Once we start throwing touchdowns, they will have my back. That's never happening. The avalanche of momentum for Justin Fields is already halfway down the mountain. And it's only going to grow because the fans don't want to like the guy. Even though Andy Dalton, high character guy, I know everyone that's played with him always enjoyed him. He's a good guy. He just, at this point in time, isn't that great at football. And they have the young savior on their team. Now, is he going to be the young savior? Who knows? He's going to have to actually do it. But if I was a Bears fan right now, every single snap that Andy Dalton gets in a regular season game would make me want to puke. And that would not change. And that's how they all feel. So the one thing Matt Nagy, and I I understand in coaches, they get obsessed with things that no one on the outside cares about. Like how you uh, enunciate the play call to your teammates. How well you execute stuff in practice. You know why no one cares? We don't see that. So you can say all day long, this guy is so good in the meeting room. It's like, yeah, man, I don't care. I watch him on the field and he gets chased down and he throws interceptions. So you have to say all these things that actually don't, you know, really resonate with the people that disagree with you. It'd be one thing if he goes out, he's like, listen, he's a five-time All-Pro. He's won a Super Bowl. Trust us. And be like, you know, he's got a point. Like, what are we going to say? The dude's a champion. The dude's, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league for a decade. But that's not the case. And the last couple years, he just hasn't been that good. And then the football gods gifted this franchise, Justin Fields, who still to this day, I mean, I, I think about it way too much. How did Justin Fields end up at 11? It's insane. But it is what it is. I, I just know if your offensive line stinks and you can't block anybody, 
you're best off giving a guy with the athletic ability an opportunity because he can overcome, in theory, all the missed blocks and all the plays where the quarterback is going to have to, you know, improvise outside of the construct of the offense. Because when you have a terrible offensive line, it's hard to run the ball, meaning it's hard to then implement play action, which are usually easy passes for the quarterback. And then when you can't run the ball, you find yourself, as I was watching some of the preseason game, it felt like Andy Dalton was in third nine every single series. And when you're in third nine, what do you think all the defensive linemen think? Time to rush the passer. So they get to just tee off. Well, in third and nine, when you don't have a good offensive line, what does that mean? Well, they got to block defensive linemen that they can't do. So the quarterback is going to be kind of a sitting duck. And this momentum is, it's organic, right? Because no one expected Justin Fields to be on the Bears before the draft. And then it happened. And then they got really excited. And then like any human being, you're like, well, just make him the starter. And then you realize they paid $10 million for Andy Dalton, which I, I, I just, Ryan Pace in what world could Andy Dalton just ba- let's just do some basic math? Last year, Andy Dalton coming off a bad season made three million dollars. Then he goes to the Cowboys, where he wasn't that good, and I'm pretty sure he got banged up. And then you gave him ten. What, what type? Where, where are we getting this math from? In what world was he a ten million dollar player if he was just making three for the Cowboys? So I, I do feel they feel, and I would imagine Ryan Pace feels. Some pressure, we're paying this guy some money. That's not the way I would think. Uh, I wouldn't even hesitate. Justin Fields would be my starting quarterback. And that way, I, I get like I get built-in belief from the fans, which they turn on you. They're going to want everyone fired. And if this guy just shows promise and hope, even if you go 8-9, and nine, they go, okay, they got this guy in. They believed in him from the jump. It's easier to think big picture for the owner. Yeah, let's give this guy another shot with Justin Fields. But if you bring Justin Fields in halfway through the season and the season's already lost and then he really struggles, you don't get any credit. You, you just won't. And the momentum of negativity around Andy Dalton, Justin Fields has already had to come out and say in press conferences, be nicer to the guy. Stop chanting my name when he's on the field. He's already had to say that. You think that's going to stop? I think it's only going to grow. Wait till these regular season games. Do you know how much a regular season ticket to NFL games cost? These people pay a lot of money. You only get eight shots of it a year, and then I got to watch Andy Dalton? Well, three of my eight home games, I got to watch the Red BB gun. We got a problem. (laughs) You know, especially with Fields sitting there on the bench. It'd be understandable if you don't have any other options, but that's not the case here. So the longer they put him in, it's only going to make the situation worse. I would get Fields in. I mean, he would be my week one starter. We have a, uh, a story brewing in Cincinnati, and it's about the young star wide receiver, Jamar Chase, who they famously chose over Panay Sewell. They went wide receiver, not tackle. And it's been a disastrous training camp and preseason for the, for the rookie. He just had a game this weekend, had like five drops. I saw clips at practice dropping the ball left and right. All reports is that he's not been good all preseason. And I think when you grow up, when you hear people say how powerful confidence is, you don't really know it. Some some kids have it, some kids don't, some kids develop it. I do think once you get older, at least for me, I guess I can just speak from my own personal experience 
I didn't necessarily think about confidence and not having confidence until I got to my 20s. I, I, I obviously, looking back, probably had it and didn't have it at other times. But it's something I think you cognitively think about the older you get. And I, I experienced it twice professionally. Once my second year in the NFL and then toward the end of my radio career where I lost it. And a lot had to do with like, you know, dealing with a certain boss and, and dealing in situations. But when you lose your confidence in anything, even if you're really, really good at what you do, it, it can be pretty devastating. I heard Paul Azinger say this within the last year. I was watching a golf tournament, a PJ golf tournament. He's a broadcaster for CBS or NBC. And uh, <clears throat> I, I thought he put it pretty eloquently. He's like, you know, confidence is funny. When you have it, you, you never think it'll go away. And when you lose it, you never think you can get it back. And I think when you're a younger person, it, it's harder to just be in control of your emotions. And I think mentally things can snowball on you, just immaturity, just life experience, right? You don't have as much. And looking at Jamar Chase and his struggles in Cincinnati, it's kind of understandable, right? He was at the peak of the mountain two years ago at LSU, best player arguably in the country, absolutely dominates. Then he takes a year off where he's not doing anything but training. Then he goes to a team, which is an absolute just embarrassment. They have a coach who it feels like is over their head. They, their star quarterback's coming back from a major injury. They cut all their famous veteran guys, Geno Atkins, A.J. Green. Like, who's there for Jamar Chase to lean on? What, what's he going to ask his coach, who's never accomplished anything, to get him through this? Burrow's just trying to get his own confidence on his shattered knee to get straight. It's difficult. And, and this is the element, to me, that sometimes gets overlooked in pro sports. And I just mentioned it. They brought in J.J. Watt to Arizona more than just for rushing the passer. They brought him in for maturity, for leadership. Now, you have to play well to be a leader, but that's why they overpaid him, because they dramatically overpaid him. I thought he was like a $5 million player. He got $15 million, 25 guaranteed or whatever. And the Bengals kind of did the opposite, which is okay, but Sam Hinkie did this once upon a time with the Sixers. When you do that, you have to realize like your confidence of your young players can just get destroyed. Who is there to sit down A.J. Green right now and help him? Put their arm over his shoulder and be like, bro, we will get through this. Bro, I've been there before. Man, this happens. I bet he feels in his entire career, from high school to LSU to this situation right now, it's got to be a pretty crappy feeling where I may, there's no one to help him out. And when you're watching this guy that caught everything in college, now, I knew a couple of people in the NFL that were skeptics of Jamar Chase. They said he made a lot of contested catches. They just made a lot of great plays physically. But when you watched his play speed, they didn't think it quite translated to, uh, to the film. We'll see. Because separation has been a problem. But you can't play wide receiver if you can't catch the football. And the moment you lose confidence at a position where it takes a lot of confidence to catch balls in traffic, Right, it, it, It's something that we all know, if you've watched football long enough, drops can snowball on each other. right? Because confidence, is the more it goes, it just starts dripping away from you. Then all of a sudden, in your tank, you got nothing. So you, every ball that's coming at you, you're almost, you know in Little League, when you suck, you think, God, I hope they do not hit the ball to me. Or junior, junior high or high school baseball, when you're not good at defense, you're like, I hope they do not hit the ball to me. Because you don't have any confidence that you can make the play. I've been there. 
right? It, it, it happens to everybody. And the Bengals better figure this out fast because they are going to really suck. And you cannot afford an asset that you just drafted number five overall. It's, it's a major problem for them right now. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. You'll know when you get it. It'll say eBay, authenticity, guarantee. You'll feel it because when it comes to your feet, eBay has your back. Maybe it's a head-turning pair for hooping or a hot new collab. Whatever you're after, when you cop on eBay, you can trust that your kicks will be checked by experts, not just any expert, sneaker experts who live and breathe the culture. Real people with real hands-on authentication experience. That's when Blue Checkmark represents on our listing. eBay Authenticity Guarantee, meaning every inch, stitch, sole, logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. So when you finally step into those grill kicks, you'll realize the feeling is unlike any other. And with eBay Authenticity Guarantee, the feeling of real is always within reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, let's uh, let's fire on some NFL stories. Uh, we'll just go rapid fire some things that are going on, and uh, I'll give a quick take. Somehow Carson Wentz, I, I had his injury red flagged. You never hear of uh, an injury timeline five to twelve weeks, right? Three to four weeks, eight to twelve, a year, right? Five to twelve, five would basically be a month and a week. And 12 is a quarter. So, I mean, that's that's a long time. Somehow, like two weeks later, he's just back. The Colts tweeted out a highlight package. He looks fantastic. He's running around, throwing balls. Wide receivers, like, he looks great. Frank was like, he looks good. I don't know how it's possible. But somehow, he overcame a broken foot or something weird to his foot in rapid speed. 
And now he's back. Now I just knock on wood. Can the guy stay healthy? Kyle Shanahan uh, wants to name Trey Lance a starting quarterback. I, that much is pretty simple at this point in time. Because Jimmy was a starting quarterback going into training camp. Jimmy hasn't played that great in practices because he's just a okay guy. Trey Lance is a project, but he has infinitely more talent than Jimmy. And they traded three first-round picks for the guy. So I, I saw Steve Young say on Friday night before the Chiefs-Cardinal game, like, what are you waiting for? Just, it's an easy landing spot for him. I think there is a decent chance that Kyle Shanahan names Trey Lance starting quarterback uh, before week one. Because he was asked after the second preseason game, it was a BP fastball, and he, he refused to name Jimmy Garoppolo the quarterback. So that thing is a brewing. And look for Trey Lance to come in sooner or later. Cam Newton, I, I, I don't know the exact details, but because he's not vaccinated, you can't leave a certain area. Like, you can't go to different cities. He clearly left. Uh, now he's on the COVID protocol for the next, basically, at minimum four days. So Mac Jones is going to get all the first-team reps. Uh, I, I think it's probably like Trey Lance, probably a decent – and it might have, this might have happened before, that Mac Jones is going to be the starter. Uh, and then Cam will run packages like Taysom Hill. That, that, to me, makes the most sense. Mac Jones, starting quarterback. Mac Jones was the one guy in the draft who was ready for week one. Now, I don't know what's going to look a lot different in three, four years, but he was by far the most ready. He did not have the talent of the other guys, but Trey Lance, Field, some of those guys are going to need some work. Mac Jones was ready-made. He can read defenses. He can go through his progressions. Talent's kind of average, but he knows how to play quarterback, and he can, you know, if your team's good enough, probably help you win games, and that's probably why he's going to end up be the starter. Jordan Love, who played his first NFL game ever two weeks ago, got hurt at the end of the half, missed this last preseason game. Two guys you've never heard of play quarterback for the Packers because Matt LaFleur plays nobody. Now it looks like Jordan Love's going to be back this week. It's big. He needs to get these reps in the games. They need to get good tape out there. Because eventually, they would probably like to trade him, assuming they can work it out with Aaron Rodgers, a little Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady style. Like, ultimately, Belichick got a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, and they drafted him at the end of the second round. So I, I think the Packers would feel pretty good if they get a top 40 pick for Jordan Love. But they need him to play, and they need him to put good tape on, uh, you know, this last preseason game. I would play him the whole thing. I'd try to, you know, pad the stats, get him like four touchdown passes. Uh, I saw a study suggested that uh, every hot dog you eat, 35 minutes off your life. I am majorly screwed if this is a true study because I have eaten a lot of hot dogs in my day. I am a sucker for a good hot dog. When I worked at Cal Poly, or when I went to Cal Poly, I, one of my side jobs was the baseball team, like the baseball stadium. We played the Big West. It was like Long Beach State, Cal State Fullerton, good, Santa Barbara. It was a really good baseball conference. In the home games, I was the bouncer for this area called Kruko's Corner. And Mike Kruko is the announcer for the Giants, played in the big leagues, went to Cal Poly, lives in San Luis, donated to the baseball program. And inside this area down the third baseline, they did two things. You got free hot dogs and you got free beer. And you had to go through me. So all my buddies in college were always coming in there and getting wasted. Literally free beer. They had multiple kegs. You have unlimited beers. And unlimited hot dogs. I think they cut it off in like the eighth inning. I probably, in that job alone for a couple years, probably ate a thousand hot dogs easily. Um, and enjoyed every single one of them. I love a good hot dog. Uh, 
Okay, let's go Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is this thing we call Instagram. Owned by Zuckerberg. And a pretty good purchase. I think he bought Instagram for like a billion dollars. I could say he could flip that bad boy for a lot. Been listening to your podcast for a few months now. Getting my off-season football fix. And I've been loving your stuff. Appreciate that. Me and my buddy had this argument. My friend thinks that having a shutdown cover corner is more beneficial than having an elite cover safety. I disagreed and argued for safety since I feel like a safety can have a bigger impact across the entire field. What is your opinion? Are you taking the shutdown corner or the elite cover safety on my defense? Probably depends who, depends who my defensive coordinator is and what kind of defense he's going to run. Now, if you have Deion Sanders, you never have to throw at Deion Sanders, but you can cheat everything to the one side. So if I have Deion Sanders, and he's going to go with every number one corner, or every number one wide receiver, Devontae, Hopkins, whoever I'm playing, right? DK, I just put that guy, Deion, on him. And then I can basically kind of load up on all the other guys. Now, I, I do think you could make the argument, if you have an elite cover safety, like, you know, fucking Ronnie Lott or Ed Reed or something, in 2021, most teams have big-time tight ends and running backs. Well, can that guy check that player? Because if like if every week I got George Kittle, I got Travis Kelsey, I got Darren Waller coming in, Fant, Hawkinson, all these teams now have big tight ends who can run. I would lean, I, I would lean the corner, but as the game changes and becomes tight end-centric, I don't think it's crazy. I'm very bullish on your Niners this season, so I'll bet the over 10 because I know the public will be on them and could make their week-to-week spread overvalued. I don't have to worry about a spread, sharp money, or public money. And I'm very interested in the market, so having money tied up for a few months doesn't really bother me. Keep up the good work. Oh, this was his take. I remember you asking about the over-unders. I'm bullish on the Niners, so I'll bet the over because I know the public will be on them and I could make their week-to-week spread overvalued. I see what you're doing there. Couldn't you just do both? Middlecoff, get off my Jags, man. Very surprising to see that they have more playoff wins than the Bills or the Washington football team. <laughs> you know what I hate? And, and listen, Raider fans, I have a love-hate relationship with them. I, you know, I, I mess with them a little bit. One thing that they do a poor job of is, and it's not even their fault because their team has been so shitty for 20 years. They hold on to the past. They love talking about the tuck rule. It's like, guys, I was in, I, I was in sophomore year in high school when the tuck rule happened. I'm 36 going on 37 and bald now. And you guys still talk about the tuck rule all the time. Like we got to move on. Like, I, I'm a Giants fan. I don't talk about 2010, 2012, 2014. Like, yeah, they happened. That's a long time ago. It's 2021. You know that guy who's like 40? He's like, God, I wish I could go back to high school. It's like, we got to move on. Like, what are you doing now? If you're a Jags fan, you just drafted number one overall. Now, I get it. A lot of fans, it's, it's easy for, you know shit, a Laker fan, whoever, a guy that has just experienced a lot of winning to just always act like that. But 
as a fan, the thing I recommend to fans, I, I got no problem reminiscing, talking about cool times, but if your number one talking point for your team is always the past, like, you met a Steeler fan now, he ain't bringing up, like, Remember when we made the Super Bowl in the mid-90s? Like, no, no one talks about that. You know what Steeler fan would talk about? Last year, we started 11-0. What the hell happened? Are we going to be good this year? Belichick, you think, what do they think the last time Belichick thought about the tuck rule was? I'll tell you, 2001. <laughs> I mean, it's been 20 years. Got to look forward. We, we got to look out the front, not live in the past. Honestly, like, listen, I, I just know a lot of Niner fans. I, I, the Super Bowl doesn't come up that often. That happened two years ago. It's all about this year, right now. Just live in the present. Be where your feet are. You know how coaches love saying that? There is some truth to that. Have the Eagles become a toxic, meddling front office? Coward used to rate them as one of the best ownerships, but three years out, they've lost in the Super Bowl, winning quarterbacks and a coach. The situation smells bad. We all remember the drama at the end of last year. I personally think Howie drafts poorly overall. I know you're familiar with the organization, so I'm wondering if you can give an honest assessment. I, I I think that they had just a toxic relationship with the quarterback. And I'm not putting that necessarily on anybody. But the situation just, it's an all-time unique spot, right? He got injured. They won the Super Bowl with the backup. The following year, he gets injured again, and they win a playoff game on the road. Like So he had this elephant in the room of like, can I do it, but I'm making all this money, and then guys resented him. Like, the Carson situation was somewhat unavoidable. Now, I I can't speak to the exact dynamic last year with Doug and Carson. They were just at training camp together in Indy. I think they had to get rid of him. I think that was 100% the right move. I actually think the Eagles right now are going to be a little better than you think. They have good lines. Their defensive line is fantastic. Their offensive line of healthy is going to be really good. They have a lot of talent at wide receiver. They have good tight ends, and they have a good running back. I think Howie's really good at his job. And Sirianni, just talking to people there, they're high on him. They like him. Now, he has not coached a game. So, and, like, listen, Doug outcoached Belichick in the Super Bowl. So, more than likely, they're going to downgrade at coach. But, if he can just be a solid offensive play caller, and they can keep adding talent, like they have to draft better. Well, I think this draft is going to be way better than their last draft because they didn't screw around. They got high-character, blue-chip guys. Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson. Just the, the, the defensive lineman that they drafted, I heard is pretty good, that Tom Donahoe was mad about the, the clip that went viral. I think the Eagles just kind of needed to hit the reset button. And probably more than Doug, it was Carson. Once they got Carson over there, they could just take a deep breath and reassess everything. They got potentially, if Carson plays a lot this year, they're going to have three first-round picks. I I do not think it's crazy for them to pivot. Remember when they fired Chip? How big of, uh, you know, just an uphill battle they had with their cap situation? Howie made some moves. All of a sudden, boom, they drafted Carson Wentz. They got to number two overall. Howie can wheel and deal, man. I can't speak to the owner. Uh, in my experience with Jeffrey Lurie, he was not a meddlesome owner. Now, maybe things changed after they won the Super Bowl. I don't know. But in my experience, he was not. My question is about college football. With a probable alliance between the Big Ten, Pac-12, and the ACC coming in the next few weeks to combat the SEC's power and deregulation of the NCAA oversight of college football, 
which puts more power into the conference's hands themselves. Is it feasible we just have two college football leagues in the future? There seems to be a growing rivalry hatred between the SEC and everyone else. Two national champions every year, an SEC champion and this new alliance champion. Yeah, I I think we're headed to an NFL-style college football. AFC, NFC, huge playoffs, uh, and the, but the, you know the same 15 teams competing. That's what it is now, right? I mean, for the most part in the NFL, look at the final eight teams the last decade. For the most part, it was similar teams. Big-time coaches, big-time quarterbacks. College football every year, the top two or three teams in the SEC, the Clemson, right, Florida State or Miami if they're a power, Ohio State, and maybe, you know, an Oregon or Oklahoma. It's really, this isn't that complicated. So who they play every week, like, yeah, that'll sort itself out. The money will eventually create everyone to gravitate toward each other, the top dogs. But I, you know, the final four, the final eight, or the final 12, or whatever they go to, will have similar teams. Like, you're not going to have the Boise States and the Cincinnati's in these situations. Loving the crypto and football content. I've got a couple questions for you. Not sure how long you've been around the crypto space, but what's your opinion on Richard Hart? I I don't know who Richard Hart is. I I wouldn't consider myself around the crypto space. I just own about, you know, 18,000 coins of Cardano. That's it. That's, That's my crypto exposure. And that bad boy is shooting toward the moon. So I don't know any crypto people. I'm not like, uh, I I would not consider myself Mr. Crypto. Since you're a Bears fan, people that ask him, a Niner fan, a Bears fan, an Eagles fan. I was thinking about this. I I went on a walk slash run. My fan days truly ended. I root for people I know or people that are good for my business. The 49ers are really good for my business. I know some people with the organization. I root for them, right? I I mean, I I know people with the Eagles, know people with the Bears, know people, I, I just root for the people I know. It's kind of, isn't that kind of how way life is as you get older? You root for your friends? I'm just rooting for people I know and that I can text and that I have personal relationships with. I want to see them succeed. I get joy out of that. The NFL, I got, I'm going to have enough content to put together a show two or three times a week here. And if the better the 49ers are for my other podcasts, the more money I can make and the more entertained I am. I don't want to watch crappy football. Watching bad football sucks. But my days is like a a guy wearing jerseys and wearing a hat, like they ended a long time ago, but I'm still a big fan of the sport and the league and of my people and of other people. Like, I don't know Sean McVay, big Sean McVay fan. I don't know. I've never met Mike Tomlin, huge fan. Uh, why do some media overhype young players so much? I thought Justin played very well in his first game, but it was far from what the media is claiming. Well, I, I think right now, when you say the media, I think if you go on social media, it's a huge hype machine. Social media is a massive hype machine or a massive negative machine. Like the best part about football season is it just quiets everyone with all their other takes, but it's where miserable people congregate. Twitter, at least. I find Instagram to be a happier place. Twitter is where miserable people hang out and find companionship. So, and it's also when something good happens, fans are on there and they hype it up, rightfully so. I, I'm guilty. I did it with Trey Lance. And it's a lot, but it's, it's hard. Like just because you ball in practice or make a cool throw in a game in the preseason doesn't mean you, it doesn't actually mean anything. You have to do it. And then once you do it, you have to sustain it. It's very, very difficult. I would say the media now 
with social media is probably more hype than ever before. It's just part of the deal. But what does hype even mean? You eventually have to back it up. So I'd argue it just, who cares? Like, Justin Fields is really talented. There's a lot to work with there. We all want to see it. Like, if if you just want my non-hype common sense, like, the dude's a freak talent. Throw him in there and let's see what he has. Is he going to struggle? Will he make some dumbass plays? Of course he will. I mean, Tom Brady threw pick six last year in week one. It happens. But is the talent so great that you can mold that thing like a piece of clay and, and create a great player if you're a coach? I don't know how you could look at it any other way if you were, if you were a head coach. I want to work with this guy, and I want to get him in the game immediately. There's no ceiling to Andy Dalton. He peaked three years ago. I feel like I might be getting preseason hype mindfucked. Mac looked really good, and when you look back to pre-draft, everybody named him the most pro-ready. It seems to add up. Their line and running backs look good. They are a little light at wide receiver, but I think they will go heavy ground attack, rotating three or four running backs. I haven't mentioned Cam yet because, though he might start, Mac is going to take over sooner and later. But that doesn't stop me from believing they will use him in goal line situations. Just another tool at their disposal for $1 million. Defense is reloaded from COVID, and I think Bill wants to flex his dick this year. Vegas win total is 8.5, which I think is an easy over. Yeah, my guess would be 10-7. and seven. I, I think 10-7. and seven. They're just going to be too good on defense, too good on special teams. Their running backs are good. They have two good tight ends. Bill is going to be out to prove everyone. Major FU after last year. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like the over there as well. Who you got as your top five wide receivers this year? Also, do you think Julio Jones will actually do well in Tennessee? I saw he's hurt. Julio gets banged up a lot. I would say my top five wide receivers would be Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen. Uh, I You know, Mike Evans, when healthy, is a beast. Uh, this is a good question. Stephon Diggs last year was a baller. He's banged up. Mm, that's a good question. I mean, there are a lot of names. I mean, obviously Julio would, you could throw in there. You could, you know, DK's an up-and-comer. Justin Jefferson had an unreal rookie season. Uh, Amari Cooper was actually really good. I don't think he's top five, but he might be a a fringe top ten guy. Uh, Michael Thomas is just, I don't know, quit or hurt. or don't know what his deal is. DeAndre Hopkins, right in the mix. It's a lot of, I, I don't know if there's like a Calvin Johnson or a Randy Moss in the sport right now, but there are just a lot of really, like Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen are just ballers. Hopkins, baller. Are they like all-time greats? Probably not, but they are really, really good. So I would probably go Devontae, Keenan, Hopkins. Uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for Mike Evans. I, maybe the stats last year don't back it up. He was hurt a little too. And, uh, you know, let's go. Let's, let's go with the rookie, Justin Jefferson. That, that, that'll do it. That's, that's bold. See, that's hype. I mean, he's played one year. I was just poo-pooed hype, and then I put Justin Jefferson. But, uh, Steph, let's go Diggs. Let's go Diggs over him. Diggs had a better year. Appreciate everyone listening. Share, tell the pot, tell your friends about the podcast. Have a great night. And, uh, and yeah, see you later this week. Adios.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.